0: Welcome back to Frivolous Gravitas. You are talking to Jordan Roy, master of the archives, and me, Christopher Driver, the lowly author and starving artist. Today, we are appropriately discussing matters which concern all of humans based on our need for organization and self-determination and the passage of rights and distribution of wealth and etc, etc. We're basically talking about socialism, communism, capitalism, all the isms that keep getting jumbled together and bifurcated into extreme opposites. We've talked a bit about radicalization and how uh, the feelings expressed and imposed uh, upon people out of desperation or poverty or um, just circumstances beyond the control of any government or person and how that affects people's responses to social engagements such as protests and um, politics and yeah. the like. I
1: think so. one of the, all these isms, I think I, we pointed out that a lot of these isms actually constrain the debate because it keeps us from talking. We use these isms to not talk about something. So you okay. say, oh, it's capitalist. Well, no, this is a specific aspect of a free market system. And we need to actually say that this is, you know, currency exchange or you can't just say capitalism or wall street because well that doesn't really have a conversation and unless uh, you're on wall
0: street and you know what they're talking about
1: yeah you unless you're on wall street and you're not you're about to get an appointment where you're it's like oh man uh, this this one should help me achieve quite a bit of capital
0: <laughs> so but well, certain things like some banks just reported earnings like yesterday and the day before and like JP Morgan's up 20% year to date and what 40% for Goldman Sachs year to date, like during a pandemic and a crisis when people are losing their jobs and their homes, um, the owners of assets and the, the the lenders of the society are the ones making bank and asking for like tax relief. Those that create After more all value the stimulus got funneled well, see, directly into their bank accounts.
1: I don't know. Even though I'm definitely in, in favor of a free market, I do see certain regulations as helping, like you know, to limit the looting. Um,
0: and yeah, I well, do. There's nothing like, free about socializing losses and privatizing gains. Like that's yeah. not even capitalism either.
1: Well, and like we, we've said on this channel before, that like you can play the market, but you're not actually creating any value you're not adding any value to the system. Therefore, you know, you're a jerk. Um, Whereas, you know, someone who goes off and, you know, prospects and, you know, it's like, oh, look, I have created a mine and jobs. And now the market has this much more stuff in it. And it's like, you have just created a ton of value in the system.
0: Yes. Productivity productivity. is the name of the game. So,
1: One of the things that's key in there and that we talked about and I didn't really get into is that of choice. And we're going to, I think I want to get into this, but I'm going to get into it in a roundabout way because we're talking about, uh, radical redistribution of wealth to help those that are in desperate need right now. Well, (laughs) there's lots of people that are in desperate need right now. I could come up with a reason why I'm in desperate need right now, um, Actually, I can. I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty sure I could kind of rile myself up if I gave myself like 10, 20 minutes. But um, one of the biggest examples of this happening is in the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, uh, where, you know, if I give my biography like I did last time on this topic, um, I was lucky enough to be in a system that I could use my um, free will uh, in order to not hurt others with the rhetoric I was um, spouting. And by that, I mean, I was able to work my way into a place where I could thrive, uh, where I wasn't just expected to be given stuff. Now, the Tsarist Russia was a non-functioning regime it's um there's a reason we don't do feudalism so we have all another ism here we have uh capitalism which is a marxist word and we have uh socialism communism uh which are exemplified by state redistribution of wealth and then you have feudalism which is hierarchical caste ownership based on military precedent upheld by theocratic Um, justification of power. Yeah, it's not the best definition, but eh, good enough. You have a king and he's got vassals uh, who are tied to him uh, based on um, uh, ties of essentially warfare. Uh, You own this because you will sacrifice your your life theoretically in war uh, if I ever call on you. Therefore, you know, you're my man. And this is essentially just, if you think of the mob, that's what it is. The mob is a feudal structure. You have, you're my man, there's a guy at the top, and there's just degrees of fealty that you owe. And uh, everyone who's in the system is a made man. Everyone who's outside of the system is, uh, um, well, it sucks. And so everyone at the bottom, the, the wealth flows definitely flows upwards and this is what a lot of um the early people were critiquing on every side in the enlightenment the um the enlightenment philosophers the proto-communists proto-socialists everyone was critiquing the system because the system sucked (laughs) so we got out of that for the most part there's still some places in the world where you know you have little pockets of feudalism um but it's uh those are exceptions that prove the rule it's gone Uh,
0: for the sake of clarity. Maybe I'll just read off the definition. So it's just a quick recap for everybody listening. Um, So capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit rather than by the state. Socialism, a (laughs) political, political and economic theory of social organization, which advocates that the means of production distribution and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Nice Uh and vague. Communism is a political theory derived from Marx, advocating class war and leading to a society in which all pro- property is publicly owned, and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs. Warfare is good. <laughs> yeah, and feudalism was a set of legal and military customs in medieval Europe that flourished between 9th and fifteenth century. Blah blah blah. Like you said, that's a terrible definition. <laughs> yeah, it can be broadly like- defined as a system for structuring society around relationships derived from the holding of land known as fiefdom. Or fief, in exchange for service or labor. In other words, slave labor. Uh, pretty much yes. Yeah. You're tied to the land. So this is what it was
1: like in Tsarist Russia up until like 1920 or 19. Well, until the October Revolution. Uh, wow, all the communists are really yelling at me. I should know this. Uh, 1917. And um, <clears throat> so what happened was uh, World War One happened. The the russian system was being tested actually and it failed they sent a you know millions of men into war with you know most of them had sticks instead of rifles and maybe a couple you know if they had bullets they were lucky up against a very well trained and well equipped german army who would mop the floor with them uh in every battle and uh eventually after 2 years of this um the Russians just kind of started, you know, throwing down their sticks or their guns, if they were lucky, and just walking home. So and they were, you know, they're slaves. There's no upward mobility. There's no nothing. They're tied to the land and they were sent by like landholders ho- for an aristocracy that doesn't care or think about them. Uh, Ten years previous, there was a a um, like a massacre of the lower classes who were protesting about food riots? Pretty much, and we just opened fire on them.
0: Uh, and, it's and it's important th- to describe that, though. Like people used to have to stand in line for hours to get a bread and egg food ration for their family. So, like, right. even if they wanted or were capable of working, they spent all their time trying to get their rations, and the rations were being stolen and siphoned off, and uh, people were stealing obviously because they wanted more for themselves. So right. So communism There's, used to be about food.
1: So. <laughs> the equity in communism used to be a lot more about, you know, getting people three square meals a day. Well, people don't have that now. Now, a lot of this stuff that people talk about, it's like nowadays when they're using this rhetoric, it's like, oh, the people in this town don't have any of this or that. And then you just say like, oh, yeah, they do. Like they don't have any freedom. Well, yeah, they do. Well, no, it's a fake freedom. Okay. Now you're pushing it but like back then it was very much you know the people don't have the practical means of survival and therefore like it's it's a fallacy that power comes from above because the power from above is you know easily you know given a cent from the bottom and sometimes you can trick the bottom and uh but if you push them too far nothing will uh no amount of puppetry will uh, will will trick them, and they'll just decide to overthrow you. Now, the Germans, uh, being at war with uh, the Soviet Union, sent one uh, cheeky little guy uh, called uh, Lenin to uh, back home to you know stir stuff up, and this worked, um, and it started a big long war between the whites and the reds, uh, which culminated in the overthrow. And the killing of the uh, uh, the Tsars and the overthrow of the monarchy and the institution of a new Soviet socialist republic where everything's going to be great, you'll see. And so what they did immediately was they set up the country you know, after a long bloody war, which uh, a lot of the Western nations, including Canada, got in- into, but they were so exhausted from you know the First World War that they're like, We'll send you a couple of regiments, but like we can't, we, we're already broke, like we can't do anything, and that's a shame for the people of Russia. Um, but the because the people of Russia got short shrift really quickly, and so because there's no, um Now one thing it relies on is a focus away from individuality. So immediately you start seeing, okay, the worker, now you're a worker, you're your identity. And so you are stuck you're rounded up and put into a Soviet, and all of a sudden you're a worker, and you'd be like, okay, now you're in charge, and you know, all of a sudden the factory owner's dead, and you and five other guys are sitting around going like, all right, you're in charge of the factory, and you're called, you know, the Soviet of the local iron work in, you know, Omsk or something. So uh, now there's all these tiny little Soviets everywhere, and they're all trying to figure out how to work, and uh, everyone else has been taken away. And uh, everyone's got hope because it's like we got this. We're going to build it. We're going to do it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of hope in the Soviet Union in the early 20s. Um, that quickly dies. Lenin starts setting up camps, uh, and the the power starts getting centralized radically, um, not uh, very much as the feudalism. Because feudalism, if you look at feudal uh, relation tree, it looks a lot like. Well, the land is based on because it
0: you know, looks like a family tree actually
1: <laughs> well it, it does but it, it it centers on the capital and this is what happened in the Union so it's like oh we can't handle it. we need to do this so the 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 what happened was the Soviet Union in Moscow quickly kept taking on more and more and more of the tasks more and more and more of the decision-making that couldn't be made because the workers became disenfranchised from the power that they had given and they had no vote in the representation that was being forced them so the the soviet union started saying okay we represent the workers now the workers are in charge because we're in charge all right and everyone's like uh yeah um you maybe
0: point that gun somewhere else <laughs> so um and the leadership was also part of the problem right like the factories being run by government rather than a capitalist they weren't uh motivated for efficient productivity they were motivated to make their jobs as easy as possible and to get as much assistance oh, from yeah the well, capital that, that, as possible. that
1: started happening pretty quickly uh you just tell moscow you uh
0: yeah oh there's a shortage and need then you a quota yourself
1: yeah and so though they worked okay for not okay but it worked you know you got to rebuild after a war no matter what so rebuilding you know that's okay so they're rebuilding so everyone's got hope and they don't realize that or building might not be actually be happening as quick as it might have and then it, Lenin gets sick dies no one listens to him and they appoint Stalin as leader anyways um, and Stalin really takes Lenin's uh, philosophy to a degree now Stalin's a bit of an idiot uh, I've read a bit of his work and he's kind of um, he's a bit of a midwit midwit um <laughs> he thinks he's it smart. yeah so he he had enough stuff to write and, and and think about
0: philosophical and use the word philosophy and come up he made with, like I- he had these delusions of grandeur though like he, he would make these rash statements out of well, nowhere, without any justification or re- rationale behind them, and just assume them to be true. Like his assumptions well, were blind
1: faith. Yeah. Basically. One example is is like uh, I was reading up on his idea of nationalism, and it just felt like reading like a student paper on what they thought nationalism was. It was like, yeah, okay. I'm like, proud and,
0: to be Canadian. Look
1: at me, uh, Lenin. I did. I I, I define nationalism. And Lenin's like, yeah, whatever. Okay,
0: do you Probably your... stole it from a kid, <laughs> <laughs> like so, a baby
1: Dostoevsky or something. So this bank robber, this ex-bank robber is now in charge of your country. And everyone likes to think, oh, well, Stalin was actually just the worst. It's like, no, he was furthering policies. Trotsky wouldn't have been any better. Lenin, if he had survived, wouldn't have been any better. It was just, you know, it was just those policies, but harder.
0: Um, How so, does he compare to Mussolini, just for for perspective?
1: <laughs> uh, very similarly. Now, fascism is like state socialism with a
0: uh, state communism it's
1: y- it's very socialist state uh it is kind of like that like the 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 nazi party was the um the uh national workers socialist workers party of germany like mm-hmm. <laughs> the worker yeah you can see where that's coming from but it's got a very romantic uh nationalistic as we would use it now, now that post-World War II, you can't really get away from this language. We always had looked back on the glory of what we were, and we're going to rebuild that and to be
0: that really orderly. So there's always that. Kind of like MAGA. Make yeah, America great again. Trump, Trump's whole campaign was exactly never, the same. <laughs> I never
1: get the sense that Trump was like that. It's more like the Tea Party guys before MAGA came about. Those guys, you know, where they're emphasizing the aesthetic of America rather than what America they want to be. At least MAGA was like, what do we want America to be? It's like, bah! but like the Tea Party was just like they were reinforcing a shallow aesthetic of America. And luckily, no one took it seriously because America's just like, you know what? I'm going to do my job and not listen to you idiots. And so what the Mussolini did. Now Mussolini was fucking. He was absurd. But
0: all these guys were absurd. So how do they compare, th- though? Like just for context, because I don't really well, know the history behind both of them. Um, they're vi- but they work together, as far as I understand. No, no, no. You're thinking Mussolini was a fascist.
1: He worked with uh, Hitler. Oh, okay. Uh, so um but Mussolini's one of my favorite things about mussolini not favorite but like
0: yeah, uh, yeah.
1: best stories was that like you know it's like mussolini got the trains to run on time it's because he changed the clocks <laughs> 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 like he literally just made the clocks say that oh yeah it's on time and so like it's you know moving the goalposts but stalin was more uh it's definitely some 1984 shit uh, While well, it was written about him like it's pretty hard to so it's just pure allegory. control and pure control um the kind of guy where uh one of my teachers put it where he has a meeting where if you leave the meeting uh without pissing yourself stalin considers that a bad meeting <laughs> so like he, that says he, a lot that says yeah that's exactly like that says a lot about his character and as a as a dictator and a lot of these guys had that kind of like you know like power mentality um which you know we want to project onto all the people we hate politically but this is this this one actually that actually had it and um like people like to say that about like you know Trudeau or uh Stephen Harper but come on that's 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 just projection like this guy was like gulag and and so what happened quickly and this is if if you want to um have some PTSD. You can go read Solzhenitsyn and have a bird and have a like an ant's eye view of what was happening, uh, you know. And so he quickly started looking for enemies, and they started looking for enemies before Stalin getting control because you know you want to maintain your regime, you want to strengthen it. And so the first thing you do, and we talked about this in our, um, you know, a couple of our earlier episodes. I think it was activism's, and uh, you find someone to blame. So everyone outside the country, capitalists you uh you have some scapegoats the engineers and the doctors and the kulaks and then you disappear them now what this created quickly was a slave labor class uh, which they sent out to the gulags so anybody they didn't like just became a slave so now why did this happen And this happened till from like 1930 to 1960 with waves of like more and more things so they didn't have any engineers or doctors for like 10 20 years like good ones they would just kill them and call them wreckers um so i wish i'd read that when i started school but <laughs> i didn't um because it was 20 like 400 pages of just absolutely the worst things humanity can do to each other now why well that's just that regime and that's not commun. that's not communism well if only we had a similar book that detailed you know um the chinese cultural revolution or um well didn't they have a civil war in in the last hundred years yeah they had before well chinese history was uh they had a warlord period between uh the fall of the Qing dynasty in 1918 and uh and 1949 with the major players being the american-backed um Chiang Kai shek, who was kind of a weirdo. Um, and the, they all kind of came together to fight the Japanese, but once that stopped, they all came together to fight each other. And um, through a series of errors, the communists won and is, is established their power. Now, the problem here isn't that, you know, communism leads to this, communism leads to that. It's not communism in particular, it's what communism shares with other um ideas of social organization like feudalism and fascism and uh i don't know just basic dictatorialship big man politics in ancient times um strangely not the roman republic in certain at certain times um but
0: which was actually very strange for history. That but, is strange, uh, considering especially how aggressive they were just by culture.
1: Well, they're, they're, they were warlike culture, but they were surrounded by enemies for their entire history. So you can't really yeah. not be warlike.
0: Not like, to mention everybody was warlike back then. That's how you survive yeah. and become no, They did historical. have a
1: slave culture, but... It was a very like, if you are a free citizen, you could do whatever the fuck you want.
0: <laughs> yeah. It wasn't and the really
1: slaves a... could buy their freedoms too. So it yeah. wasn't or like just...
0: labor camps where you're wrapped in chains and you're freezing to death, starving. Yeah.
1: There was now there was human misery. You know there was always human misery. And yeah. it's not that's the rule. Like it's even the rule today. And uh, the problem is that when the individual stops mattering in a society, well, you can do whatever you want with the people in your society. So, right now, like I'm an individual in society. And if something happens to me, like that's really unjust, everyone goes on the news and we're like, you believe what they did to that Jordan guy? I don't even know who he is, but oh boy, I don't want that to happen to me. I'm not voting for this government anymore. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's insane how that we can actually do that. But when that's a very bombastic example, but, um, what happens is, people become, people stop being people in these in the in these things. They start being part of the state, or they start being part of the thing. And the reason that this has uh, effects economically is because you exploit that will uh, towards heroism that. A lot of us get, you know, you want to do something heroic with your youth. Sometimes that means like, I invented a new mode of, you know, mode of power. That's pretty heroic. Uh, You know, I did a bunch of science heroically. I shot a bunch of kulaks. Wait, no, don't do that. Uh, (laughs) But you know, enemies of the state, well, who defines enemies of the state? Well, the state does. Well, that's pretty friggin' convenient. (laughs) So to me, when the state starts, denying an individual's individuality. And it says, well, the state's more important or the group is more important. Well, the group is obviously more important. I need to live in a group, but I'm a group of individuals. I'm not a group like the idea of the state can change and we don't need to prop up the state. And that's a very old mentality uh, that we were, uh, it's a very 19th century mentality you know you, you sacrifice yourself for the the the, the state which is that you know helmed by the the great leader bismarck or whatever i love that man <laughs> so, oh, he was he was a great guy uh, one of the guy uh, just a brief aside he was a, known as a warlord but um if you actually look at his policies uh he actually didn't go to war as often as he probably could have and he didn't actually do all that much fighting he just made it seem like he was so everyone would kept voting for him and so he could unify germany uh, <laughs> he's a shrewd politician
0: It's also a good way to quell threats to make other countries less um prone to invasion or whatever yeah it's Walks an off intimidation off topic, a big stick. basically
1: yeah but the <clears throat> when you when you have a system that's like okay we need to centralize everything which is what communism Invariably does, okay, communism the way you define it, you know, you have class war. So we fight a class war to get rid of, okay, Jesus, that's just, that's fucked up already. But uh, then you fight a class war so that we can overthrow and we don't have any oppressive class. Okay, so that depends on the fact that there's an oppressive class sitting there with their mustaches. Yeah. Well, first so but okay so let's go back to socialism. Okay, communism's stupid. Let's go to socialism then where we just centralize redistribution of assets. It's like okay. Now there's still a problem in that cuz now the government is the group and they decide who gets what. Now upon what need. And this is kind of where I stopped getting interested in because if I can make my own need I don't need the government to give it to me. But then, and I can just, you know, so it's kind of like what I did uh, during COVID. I didn't have a job and a lot of the jobs in my field are with the government. So I just made my own. I'm now teaching uh, mm-hmm. a lot. So, you know,
0: that's pretty cool. And now I'm making money. But if the government That's the type re- of thing a government should be promoting though, right? Like a right. capitalist government would be in favor of promoting people to start small businesses for selling their own goods and services. Yeah. Make right? it easy for people to
1: have startups and it's like oh we're gonna put money towards this. it's like no just make it so i don't have to pay 1600 bucks to start a business yeah like that's it uh and like it's worse like liability
0: of, uh, insurance and professional like all oh, your tools your your gas and accommodations meanwhile like everything costs money so in a capitalist system that's promoting small businesses you might get forgiven on the first like twenty thousand you make so that at least you're stable before they start taxing you
1: yeah and that's and almost
0: you, a socialist that that, but I would
1: say that's very capitalist. Cause if you just so forgive the little guy, why? So that the big guys have to deal with competition. Yeah. And <laughs> you like want force the big, to and that, that keeps the big guys in line because they know if they start screwing up, a little guy's going to come off with something new or with new equipment being like, I didn't have to use this old equipment. I just bought all the new stuff. Yeah. And it keeps to,
0: people off on employment too. Because yeah. Cause they're employed right away with their own skills, with their own, their own drive and determination. But it's very s- industriousness. It's very subtle. And it's not like
1: this big war that we have to have. Socialism, well, the, 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 these things I'm talking about are very subtle. I remember being in Italy, talking to people. I'm just like, oh, you know, everyone's just waiting for a job here. And I was like, what the heck you mean waiting for a job? <laughs> like, go and fine. Well, there's no jobs. You know, we have to wait for the government to give us one. It's like, you're a free country. Go start a grocery store or something. Like, what do you need? Like, there's tons of pots everywhere. You need government
0: approval. That's the
1: problem it's with like, them. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, so I need government approval to do something. But the government, if it's in, you know, Ottawa, like I'm in, I'm in Alberta, you're in Manitoba and, uh, if they're in Ottawa and they say, you know what, we're, we're dealing with, uh, something that's happening in Quebec, which is, we feel is more important. It's like, so I can't start a farm without someone coming here and arresting and serving me with, you know, you know, the fact that I'm like committing some economic
0: Brutality. <laughs> oh, don't forget, you have to pay to upgrade your facility to code. Oh, you got to make yeah. sure that you've got. If I want to make a deck, I have to get it okayed by the government. Got to register GST numbers for taxation purposes. <laughs> like, so what this does
1: is it makes us spend more time um, dealing with all this stuff. Now, if you take that to the umpth degree, now this is kind of great because like a lot of these are based on like policies that made sense, but a lot of them are just campaign promises of like three politicians ago that, you know, actually were delivered upon and now we have to deal with it. Um, so it's part of the nature of our system, but we can also be like, that's done, let's get rid of it. And then we can do that. Now, if we take it to its extreme, like in the Soviet union um, well, your grain, you, you you do your grain because you're told to go there. Well, first of all, you want to be a farmer? It's the same thing we were talking about last episode where it's like, oh mandatory military service. Not everyone's cut out to be a soldier. Well, not everyone's cut out to be a farmer. <laughs> like Especially you, not me. <laughs> and that's the thing. You're taking away someone who would be a masterful woodworker, maybe, and you're putting them on a farm. And you're what you're doing is you're diminishing the value of everyone in the country by having that person pick grain instead of work wood or make doing something that they would put ample effort into and what happens is when you start regulating this people start regulating each other so you start getting people like oh you know someone's working really hard over there and you see this in unions you know that story where it's like you know you, you you're glad to have a job you don't even notice that there's a union and all of a sudden someone says you need to stop working so hard you're making the rest of us look bad i mean everyone's got a story like that yeah and it's just insane like what what do you mean i'm um, at work yeah. <laughs> why am i not supposed to work <laughs> so that's that, that's something that happens in every you know you're
0: making us look bad it's like well maybe you suck <laughs> and, <laughs> and like or maybe they should just pay you a little more than everybody else like what mm-hmm. would be the terrible problem with that if yeah. they just paid one person time and a half who works ha- like 50% more than everybody else everybody else should just be okay having an easy job and not losing any money like why would well, they then, bother
1: well if he's working more i want the and you didn't call me in i want to get that time and a half that he's got too because i could have done that but you didn't let me it's like yeah you know. it's that
0: selfishness that gets in the way it's that so, human nature is the problem <laughs> when you
1: put everyone in that everyone's everyone's instead of working everyone's working for the state, but then everyone's afraid of each other. And then they end up having to work just to survive. And then that makes them, that pits them against each other. But in like, in a Soviet system, you get any deviance becomes outlawed. Um, and, and this happens in, um, not so much in feudalism because in feudalism, if you're deviant, you just get stabbed or die. Yeah. <laughs> um, because like, well, there was okay. Never mind. Magna Carta, um, uh, Hanseatic League, blah blah blah. Uh, but um, the deviance is just labeled as something. It becomes the enemy, and then you can't do it. Now, in our in in our society, one thing we do well is deviance is looked at as like, what are they doing over there? I don't know. Is it working? Yeah, a bit. Why don't we do that too? <laughs> So all of a sudden we have a new method of teaching children. All of a sudden we have a new technology. All of a sudden we have a new way of organizing taxis or something. I don't know.
0: To me, this is all stemming from like the industrial revolution. Once we realized the production lines were highly efficient and people could do it safely, and everybody prospered more from it, we just started applying it to everything. So. Mm. You might as well have one really good teacher teach 30 kids instead of every parent trying to teach their kids individually. And then you have some kids that come out geniuses and some kids that learn. Well, up, look up at YouTube
1: nothing. now, like even now, like in YouTube, we have this digital revolution. And now you have someone who can teach 30 kids and then they go put their thing on YouTube. And all of a sudden they're reaching like 30,000
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like... That's how I learned neural nets was just through YouTube. And there's so many lectures and and diagrams and animations and movies people put together to help people learn. Uh, Like I absolutely free. The digital revolution is like a a step up from the industrial revolution, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Well, the industrial revolution, like farming sucked. (laughs) (laughs) It was hard on you. You're, you know, it's bad for your health. You're in the sun all day. You get skin cancer. You're, you're breathing in like dirt and you're, working with poo with your hands all the time <laughs> like and all of a sudden you get to go inside where there's shade yeah there's there's noxious gases but it's still better for you um mm. but like and we quickly relatively uh figured out how to improve worker conditions we 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 did all this but and yes, the workers pushing for these things over the course of the nineteenth century with help from the communists um did do a lot of good um you know that right there work.
0: to me strikes the importance of having a communist system not a system but a communist party in the system because their influence is enough to be good for everybody even if they never win elections well here's
1: a, here's a counterpoint why do we have to have a communist system when we can just have worker representation like like well,
0: the thing is because capitalists com- don't naturally do that you don't walk up to uh to like jamie diamond and be like why don't you pay your bankers more and he'd be like because i don't have to right <laughs> that, <laughs> that's that's my my job is to make money and cut margins and scalp pennies see, everywhere this, this goes down to the
1: ism i don't have to be a communist to believe in workers rights because i don't need a class war to lobby the government to uh you know put filters in the fucking factory so that Not right there energy. to me is
0: socialism because it's taking what what's really bad about capitalism it it just extracts that out and makes that party legal and then everything else is capitalist like socialism isn't even nearly left right Strictly speaking capitalism but just a step down from uh from exploit exploitation
1: right and it's it's a lot of that is intention a communist will be doing it so that he can you know with the free market and destroy things. And he's looking for a class where he wants conflict. A socialist will, uh, you know what? let a unionist will be interested in rights. But the thing is, is that unionists can go too far, which is why there's they often do. contention. Like look at via rail and Canada post, like, I was told when I was wasn't even working for Canada Post. I was working security at a Canada Post building not <laughs> to even look at this one woman be, from the other guys that were working there because she will put you up on charges cuz you know she gets her kicks off or something on like getting making sexual harassment charges. And so I was told if you see this woman walk by turn around, don't make any eye contact, do this, do that, and, like don't you're playing with fire just acknowledging her and I was just like 10 four got it <laughs> like and the fact is like they were saying like the unions just got her back so you're not even in the union so it doesn't matter or those things like um if one person gets pulled called into work they have to pay everyone's wage you get pulled into work now for me I get paid for services rendered period exactly like I do work and like if people all pay you before it happens it's like yeah all right but you know, if I don't do it, I'm giving you your money back, you know, we're fair business, this is a mutual exchange. I'm not here to, you know, haha, how can I, you know, get this people's money without any effort. And I, I hate that mentality because, you know, a lot of people <clears throat> see the government like that, like, oh, I'm on disability, haha, <laughs> I don't even have to work. It's like, are you okay? Like, do you need help? Do you need a friend? Do you want to go for a beer? But the worst like... thing is the
0: government response to it is like, well, if, if people are going to do that, then we're going we're to give them less than what they need to live. So then yeah. people who legitimately are disabled can't afford to live. Well, because and of the, the people,
1: other people that are abusing the system are hurting the people that are actually need that. Like yeah. disabled people who like, <clears throat> I need to live and therefore, and I need money to live. And um, I uh, lost my eyes and hands in an accident so I need help to live. And we agree that, you know, the individual is more important than the system. So we're going to let this person live, even though they're in this. But
0: it's um, not even about letting them. You're not allowed to die in Canada. Like if you tried to get euthanized yeah. just because you lost your hands in your sight, they'll say, no, that's not enough to get euthanized. Yeah. Like they'll make you live and then not give you enough to eat. It's yeah.
1: Disgusting. And so, but then you have like it's easy to exploit because I don't know, there's no checks and balances, but the point is, and I think, um, was it Blythe, Jamie Blythe, James Blythe? Mark Blythe? Mark Blythe. He does uh, his, now I'm definitely like a, I definitely lean towards, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps a bit, you know, take some personal responsibility, blah, 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 that all that whole, like you're an asshole shtick because well, one, I put some effort in and I got rewarded for it. Not like I don't like drive around a Lamborghini. I still have a Nissan, but um, the, I feel like, you know, I put work in and I got it and I'm like, okay, just, you know, put some work in and you can get it. I, but at the same time, Mark Blythe book, um, why um, was it austerity matters? His book on austerity. Angry
0: nomics is really good too. His, yeah. His latest.
1: Yeah. I got to read that one actually, but yeah. uh, austerity. And he makes a case for us uh, against austerity and why we should have, uh, some social programs. And his case is that if I hadn't gotten, um, some of this money, I wouldn't be here to write this book for you because I would not have gotten education and I would have been a delinquent. And, you know, watching this guy speak, you can definitely believe that because Uh he's a cheeky (laughs) So he's a typical Scott. (laughs) Yeah. He's a, yeah. Of the, uh, He's actually a
0: lot like David Hume now that I think about it. Yeah. Kind of.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. David Hume. just think of him with a wig. (laughs) Gotta bring wigs back. Anyway. um, So to me, that's that, that, that forced. So there is some, the reason like in it. So in a free society, the reason I'm against, um, you know what, F it. The whole contention of this point isn't communism versus free market, uh, capitalism. It isn't versus this or that. It's, do you believe in the rights of the individual or do you believe in a collective system where the system matters more than the individual? That's it. Now there's negotiation in there, which is why we have programs, social programs that help people. And whether we call it socialism or not doesn't really matter as long as they're actually helping people. But if we do it from a place of, um, of I have the freedom to help people and therefore I shall, therefore I will let the government take some of my taxes and put it towards a universal healthcare system. It bugs me sometimes, especially when you get someone coming in uh, I hear stories of people being like, oh, I can get any healthcare I want because blah, 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 blah. I don't have to pay for anything. It's just like. Yeah.
0: But it's better it's they a, do that to stimulate the economy. It's better they do that than pay people to do nothing. You're better yes. off having people oh. go to have nurses practice nursing, right. even to people that don't need it, and pay a nurse than to have that nurse not working. But the thing is, is that universal healthcare in Canada isn't
1: done strictly at the point of a gun. I, We have a choice to vote on certain policies. Some of them will work. Some of them won't. I'm looking at you, Manitoba, right now. Uh, um, specifically, Palliser's firing of all the nurses and stripping the healthcare system over the course of the last three years. Just look into it. Um,
0: but you've but, got semi-private systems in different provinces. Like even in BC, I had to pay for my medical, even though I was Canadian. Yeah. I had to pay a supplementary thing because of my salary. Because I made X amount of money, you have to pay a certain amount. So they only charge people who can afford it. And then they just charge them basically the same price as a, an insurance premium,
1: that which sounds... to me is
0: fair. Like I didn't like paying yeah. it because I'd finally gotten a job where I wasn't poor and they were taking money from me. Well, the other thing <laughs> but, is that like I don't like paying for it, but I also don't like being sick. That's <laughs> so, the thing. Like I recognize the benefit of having that system just available whenever I get sick that I don't now, have to like have all of my life savings go towards. Part a of my contention really is that doctors
1: and dentists get paid too much like fight me (laughs) you're just doctors you're not special but at the same time considering how much politicians get paid though i'd much oh yeah (laughs) i think if you're a public employee but like at the same time uh they do need to be paid um Mm -hmm. because you're doing work you are rendering services and that's kind of like well school should be free yeah but who's gonna pay for it or well uh medicine should be free it's like well yeah because you know you have the right to life and health
0: the easy that's, answer to right. that is just make everybody pay an equal fair share, so like when you make tons of money, you shouldn't have a marginal tax rate that's below people who make less than minimum right. or minimum so, wage so going if, back to get oh. the money for it, you just have to tax the people who are already avoiding taxes. yeah, the reason our taxes are as high as they are is because people who can afford to pay them aren't paying now the thing
1: that's happening here is we're having debate and we're allowed to talk about it if we we're, we're criticizing the system and we're allowed to do this. Now, if if someone, we have the ability to talk, raise an issue and discuss it and come up and argue with people that disagree with us, and then maybe in a while come up with a good system based on our individual uh, effort put into the problem. And we have a choice to actually deal with the problem as an individual or a group of individuals. In a collective system, regardless of what ism it is, um, well, you get what you're served and you'll enjoy it and you don't have any choice. Um, and that kills any opportunity. There's no point in trying to get upward mobility. And there's, because like you could be cut down at any moment by some policy that you have no uh, say in. So, I think that's where I sit now with regard to this. So fly. you're against
0: the extreme version of it.
1: <laughs> well, there's always debate. There's,
0: there's always no debate. further extreme than that. That's as far as it goes. When someone controls what you do for a living, that that's as extreme as the system can get, basically. Yeah, that's why I own guns. So a less extreme... <laughs> A less extreme position would be the government helps people who don't have employment. And if you can get your own job and stuff, they leave you alone. Yeah. Like it should just be there as a backup. Yeah. And then if it's, a company a needs net. an employee, there should be a place or a resource. The government can say, hey, we've got these people who are available. We'll, we'll only charge you half rate because they're not, uh, you know, because you're going through us instead of going through the private yeah. sector yourselves. The like government they can sh- offer incentives to hire unemployed people who are on unemployment or disability. Oh, yeah. Well, the
1: government's there for two things: to do our paperwork and uh, to act as a safety net. And if you're down at the safety net, like no one should hit the ground. People are still going to hit the ground. We're
0: rich enough that nobody should hit the ground. Like we grow food and export it. There's no reason anybody in this country should be hungry. Well, you
1: can't get to zero because humans have a very fantastic way
0: of fucking with systems and okay, but it's just let's like say you've got a I social could... insurance number and a monthly allotment for food anybody should be able to just swipe a social insurance card mm-hmm. and get food that should but be I, really well, straightforward. It's
1: I'm, I'm thinking more accidental, more like, you know, me getting lost out in the snowstorm and then I starve to death in the middle of nowhere. It's like, well, there's social programs to deal with that, but I got fucked by circumstance. That's okay. That's allowed to happen. Yeah, that, that's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's inevitable. But you're never, and that's the thing, you're never going to get like vision zero or something. You're never going to get zero percent, but you can make it so it's not, you know, so people don't get fucked by like, things. And what happens in that system is that you let people, once you bounce them off of the safety net, what do you get? You get a bunch of people who, instead of just being like, no, tell me what to do. they i like, okay, government's like, now, what do you want to do? Well, I like working with trees. All right, go be a park ranger <laughs> here. We'll give you some money to go to school to become a park ranger. That's a, like, it's a good job. Why not? You mm-hmm. can put yourself. And that's the thing you can decide where to put yourself and You the individual will put more effort into something they enjoy doing, woodworking, whatever, and wherever
0: they end up, because it's their choice. But the only opposition I ever hear to socialism is the radical most extreme version of socialism. And they ignore all the socialism that we love and endear about our country. When you say, like, why is it so great to live in Canada? You say we've got public pools, we've got parks, we've got firefighters, we've got police officers, we've got hospitals, we've got grocery stores. Like the list goes on and on and on about all the social services that socialism benefits us, the capitalists wouldn't do just naturally. I think a lot of the problem system and kids wouldn't get educated just like the states does with their voucher and privatization programs. To me, I think that a lot of
1: people worry. Not about socialism. I, I know, a lot of people worry about socialism and socialism creep turning into because there's always those people who you meet who are like, "Oh yeah, I'm a socialist, and I can't wait to see like you see like oh, all rich people should be outlawed." I'm like, "Oh fuck you, by the way." Yeah, that's like, not so. What happens if I accidentally make a billion dollars? <laughs> Oops, that's I, extreme I guess, socialism. No, but I've heard that from like I, I hear that, that from, all the time. Everybody, and, but at the same time, I want to debate social programs. No, we need to implement this now. It's like it won't work. Would you? off like a lot of the social like not every social program actually acts as a good net some of them make like there's a lot of them
0: that don't do anything that are there to make the government Dude, look good most there's, of them are tax uh, tax evasion tax shelters that too most uh, organizations that are non-profit they funnel money from profitable companies into them and pay out staff. Well, every time you, uh, every time they staff. ask you for money at the grocery store, like that money is just a tax write-off. It has
1: nothing to do with charity. Oh, would you like to donate to this or that? You say no. <laughs> <laughs> say no. That money's not actually yeah, going. If donate you help... yourself. Don't donate through them. Right, and that's the thing. You can help as an individual. As an individual in a free society, you can start your own soup kitchen. You have enough money. Buy something start cooking soup and
0: go If you don't just mail a dollar to a soup kitchen they'll use it trust me oh yes (laughs) if they get an anonymous dollar they'll and you've got a return address they'll even send you a receipt for the dollar go in and like talk to them and if you think they're on the level be
1: like what do you need and they'll be like we need salt (laughs) and be like "Uh, but at the same time like a lot of them are a lot of the worry is and i think rightly is that you give a You give them a cookie and they want a glass of milk. And if you give someone, if if you make, you don't want in our society where we require individuals to work on their own volition, you don't want them to get used to being given things.
0: But think about this. How many people would choose to live their entire lives owning nothing but bare necessities? Like most people want more out of life. And for the ones that don't, they're not going to work anyway, like no matter what. The, they'll mm-hmm. live off charity for their lives, whether there's a safety net or not. But for the people who need it, those people compound productivity by being useful and productive. Because mm-hmm. not only are they not taking from the system over a long period of time, like we're not talking about assistance for a month or two. I'm talking about like food and shelter, things that people need in order to be productive. Well, and I think like transportation. Why? They're subsidizing transit, but if somebody still can't afford transportation, they're never going to get a job, except if there's one to immediately around well, their neighborhood. I've
1: known a couple bus drivers who'll just be like, "Get
0: on here, I don't care," like or they'll yeah, but pay the fare. You can't bank on look. it. you can't. No, say, you I, can't. Got a, I got a scheduled but appointment to make. At The same gonna, time, you can't just. I like. I, I feel like transit. we if also can't afford be... cars. They'll buy cars. They're not going to ride transit just because it's free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like. I'm a lot of the time like if you.
1: If you give someone something, like anything free is worth what you pay for. It, it's something I always say. And if you give someone something, they won't appreciate it. If you make them work for it, they'll take care of it. And that's one of my contentions with it. Now it's not universal, cause we do have to help people. And sometimes people need a free meal. And I've been given a lot of free meals and I've been grateful for everyone. But uh, when it, you know, in historically it's come with strings. You look at something like Rogue to Wigan Pier by George Orwell. And he goes and lives with the poor people and he has to go and listen to a sermon and all the poor people are like that. You know, I'm not that hungry. I can just be like, I don't have to eat, but I think a lot of it is, jeez, oh, I had a point and I just went helium balloon into space. <laughs> um, I think a lot of it is. Dang it! I, I it was. It was well, maybe it, I
0: can try and pick up where you left off. I think yeah. what you were, and correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it'll spark your your memory. I think a lot of it comes down to how people approach the um, the label. It's it's the ism itself that's scaring that people guy. away from having cogent conversations about things that are oh, useful to everybody.
1: Yeah, and I think that's one of the themes of our whole talk here is that you know the label doesn't help. Just the helping helps. And yeah. if whatever label you give it, as long as it helps, and when it stops helping, like when it comes with strings, it doesn't help in the long run. Like, oh good, I got a meal. Oh no, I have to march with these guys. Oh no, they're giving me a rifle. Oh no, I'm pointing it at people I like. Yeah, <laughs> what's like, our
0: name? Taliban? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but a that. lot of things, and this
1: is one of the things that I'm thinking we're forgetting is that in an individual society, well, in, in, in a collective society, the individual doesn't matter. And yes, you don't matter. Unless you you know actually make yourself matter, in which case you, you got to fight ahead of you.
0: I disagree, but I'm a philosopher. Well, so. he, well, here's
1: what I'm saying. <laughs> this is a philosophical stance. A lot of people in our society are forgetting that they matter, and they make that they can make a difference. Um, you know, it's like, oh, what, 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 what can I do? And everyone sees them at the head of a barricade with, you know, with their rifle, with their fist up, going, "Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna do something. We're gonna change everything." And it's like they're gonna make this big thing. And the thing is, is that that's not what making a difference means. Making a difference means caring for those around you. Making a difference means being compassionate and listening. Making a difference means up
0: your neighborhood. Yeah, picking your up taxes. garbage, like
1: doing being a good citizen talking speaking up when you need to having the courage to um you know risk something because you think you're right having the courage maybe to you know start that venture um because you think it's will help you know i want to start a school do it oh i want to start a business go for it well it's going to be hard yeah it's gonna be hard but that's how you make a difference well mm-hmm. oh, I, I wanna i wanna i wanna you know play saxophone awesome we need saxophonists what else are you gonna do oh uh, what do you mean i'm just gonna play saxophone you know what you are you can worth do more. You
0: you're off work
1: <laughs> well the thing is that everyone has such a low idea of their worth that they think that oh they i can only i'm only capable of just doing one thing well if you apply yourself you can become more than you are like and they think that because they don't have any worth they can't make a difference, and therefore, they have to rely on somebody else to make a difference for them.
0: Or there's that extreme opposite where they think they're so worthwhile already that they don't have to learn anymore. They, they just think that they should show up and get paid. You know yeah. how many people I worked with in an office where they just think that being there is their right to a paycheck? Whether they're yeah. on their phone twi- uh, or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, they just think being there earns them a paycheck yeah like so many people are like that especially millennials and i hate to say it because i'm a borderline millennial but like my work ethic compared to my peers is dramatically different i noticed Mm -hmm. that just going to university as a mature student five or six years after graduating high school yeah immediately after just the culture difference like it felt like a different culture entirely where they were complaining about like their parents giving them a hundred dollars, only a hundred dollars to buy a pair of pants. And that's well, like my a, yearly budget for clothes.
1: There was a rich kid <laughs> in my wife's class who was talking about how he had to buy a, who oh, can't believe they're making us pay for this with our own money. And he's got to buy a stethoscope and it's like $170. And like, he held a party like a couple months previous to that where in like the most expensive condo building in the city. And we're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I think you might have it a bit too good. But at the same time, BC was washing his underwear in the kitchen sink and like eating potato patties. But he owned his condo out there like, Oh, I can't afford anything, you know, except 250 grand in cash for this place and my car and my clothes and my jewelry. And (laughs) like, come on, buddy. Like I eat out of that sink. (laughs) And
1: I think a lot of it also is that we need to like forgive people for their stupid mistakes like that like that's just dumb decisions like but when you make it about like something outside of you i think when you make your problems external it's easy to get away with doing violence while well, they're forcing you to do this who's they you know they the amorphous they of the you know well you get this with like you know the, the nazis did this and, and and um like with anti-semitism making the jews the they which is absolutely ridiculous like when i saw what was that when i said um some jews six thousand years ago just sitting around a fire going like hey guys get around here it's big brain time we're gonna (laughs) rule the world (laughs) like come on (laughs) the
0: bilderberg group that's what we'll
1: call it yeah we'll change names it's like soon and then izzy asper will do this it's like come on off It's, it's dumb
0: so yeah, if human beings were that well organized and planned that far ahead, it would be so much easier to just plan a working society than to do that. Heck, if the Jews could do that, I would let them. <laughs> <laughs> but like... Anybody
1: could do that. But like, it's so much easier just to say, oh, I'm insufficient. Not because of me, not, you know, taking myself seriously or just, you know, doing a honest day's work. I'm insufficient because of the Jews or the Kulaks or this or that other group, rather than because they see that, because when you stop thinking yourself as an individual, it's easy to not think of others as individuals, and then you can guilt-free pop them off in a civil war, which is no fun. So I think I'm running out of brain
0: power here, and I think I've said my piece. Um, So any thoughts? Uh, I'd like to make a couple comments if you'd indulge me
1: yeah i'm just i'm i think i've said everything i need to and i'm running out of uh i'm starting to ramble
0: i think first and foremost when people discuss any matters of socialism it should be noted that there's a big or in the definition there and regulation by a community could mean regulation by a democracy in other words everybody participates in that regulation in other words it's not oppressive it's not dictatorial it's not totalitarian it's not authoritarian It is literally democracy to socialize common assets or resources from a country that everybody owns collectively. Right. First and foremost, whenever you hear socialism, it is not the radical extreme, even though that's what people are commonly attributing socialism to. They're equating it as equal value to communism, and they're equating communism as equal value to dictator. And right. those aren't mutually exclusive. There are tons of working communes. You just don't hear about them because they're not on the news because they don't have broadcasting stations and stuff. Well, plus, it Hawaii's doesn't work on any a- level bigger than that, though. And it's but like Hawaii's got colonies, Manitoba's got colonies, North Dakota's got colonies. There are Mennonites, Hutterites. There are tons. Well, of- the thing about those,
1: actually, that's a really good example is because the Hutterites, the Mennonites, they do have those communes and they are. By the definition communist, well, they don't have a class war, but they don't really have class. But at the same time, they have very strict rules and traditions in their society yep. that they had to give up and sacrifice in order to live
0: like that. And that's perfectly okay. But now, it's voluntary, though. It's voluntary. It's not a government that's imposing it. If they ever wanted to escape, the government would help them get out of it. That's right. the thing. And
1: There's no do, oppression there. A lot of them are like voluntary leave it. They're allowed to leave.
0: Mm-hmm. And, but um But I mean they're they're raised that, like, not to and stuff. So them, like there is psychological problems with it. It's not well, perfect. Yeah. But definitely not a perfect system. No sir system is perfect. But it exists. But
1: That's at the same point. time, what you said about radicalism and the radicals, uh that only applies unless right. you look them up and they don't and they like say, Oh yeah, I'm not a radical and you look at them up and you know, you look at their profile on social media and it says, I'm a radical socialist. It's like <laughs> Okay. Now, sometimes you get someone who's just like, you know what? I'm there for workers' rights. Yeah, it's socialism. Who cares? That's that's the normal person. And yeah, you can slippery slope that. But generally, if you just help people, great. But definitely.
0: But it's not a curse word or a shit. slur. It's not a negative thing to be socialist. No matter how much you hear it on the news mm-hmm. that, oh, that socialist is going to take over your country and steal your food and your guns. That's just not what socialism is. That, that's a boogeyman that they're fabricating so that they can maintain the wealth and control yeah. and power they already Whoa. have to write the rules and the laws of the game that they're winning. When they that's use the words problem. like that, you should not take that media
1: seriously. It's like, oh, they're socialists or they're you know fascists or they're this or that or they're some ism. That's a good sign that you should probably find another way to get your information because that's political speak. That's not realistic speak
0: yeah the useful terms the only time that they're useful is when we take the terms to their meanings and when you mm. can misconstrue meanings like that, the term itself becomes uh, a red herring you're just you're using it broadly with the intent of um making people misunderstand rather than understand mm-hmm. so it's deliberately unfocused and yeah. I, I think that, that's think, the that's the harm in, in the isms, and to, to me, socialism. communism itself, like communism, definitely
1: is a bit of an actual problem. Uh, I think, uh, was it, um, James Lindsay definitely has done a lot of work on this, with its work on communism as a religion, which I found really interesting. And it's not a religion of peace. The uh, class war inherent to it. At the same time, you have the equivalent, which is you know the religion of nationalism, which those definitely are dog whistles for something that you should avoid. Um, but yeah, if if someone's t- talking about socialism on the media, they're probably trying to get you angry at something, and don't let yourself get angry at stuff that. You know, you don't really need to be angry about for no reason. Um, and
0: uh, the second thing I wanted to get to, yeah. as you said, you'd indulge me. <laughs> I am. I knew there was a second one. So, oh, well, there's more I was, than two. Oh, okay. <laughs> so th- the second one I wanted to get to is. Economically speaking, if capitalism is premised on the economic benefits for all people and freedoms of prosperity, the economic benefits of looking after people socially so that they can become taxpaying contributors or employees to your company, which in turn make you money, Mm -hmm. addressing homelessness and poverty is actually in everybody's economic best interests. The only reason we don't do it is because we're nearsighted and we look from quarter to quarter. And that's just based on regulations for the way that we tax people and the way that we report our finances and the way that um, corporations are required to report to shareholders is right. all based on quarterly numbers. So when those numbers are nearsighted, just like the, um, the political foresight is only four years ahead of time at most. And that's from the day they step into office. Because after that, they're just trying to get reelected because that's their job. But these people aren't leaders of countries they're symbolic leaders of parties and the party is a democratically elected group of individuals all representing their constituents idealistically speaking so if you want to get active be active in the way that we address democracy because democratizing the wealth distribution based on productivity rewards people like you who work hard it doesn't Mm. reward people who don't work hard but get margins from Uh, from a bank and earn percentages or commissions on billions of dollars that had to be spent with or without that person's involvement. So like to pay a banker by percentages and then to pay a laborer on a fixed per hour wage that they can't afford to live on is ludicrous because one is providing an immediate social benefit to providing food to people and stocking shelves. And the other is doing something a computer can and is doing already providing liquidity in the market. Mm-hmm. Trading shares and futures doesn't actually grow a crop. Growing a crop grows a crop. If anybody should get a commission or a percentage from the benefits of that, the yield should go either to the country through taxation or to the farmer, who then pays taxes. It shouldn't go to the one guy who's not paying taxes or contributing.
1: Well, with that oh, in mind, that's well, no, you're right. Capitalism. And with that in mind, I think these social programs to bring people from starving. The focus in our society should be to bring them to a place where they can participate and not just to well this is a life support net it's not a life support net it's to all right let's get you standing up what do you want to do you want to do that all right let's get you a place and the focus is to bring them into the economy not to you know make them dependent on it like um like a surf or as just well you're reserve labor or you are you know your manpower in cases of a war it's like oh geez, it's terrible what you want is you want as many people and our a society works when as many people are working in diverse ways as possible in with, of their own volition. It's, it's, it sounds like chaos, but these programs that when somebody falls, and I think that is, we don't want the government to be taking care of people. We want the government to be, be like, all right, let's dust you off and get you up. What do you want to do? That kind of thing. I, I like to get them participating because the more people participating the more varied um, work we have getting done the more more ideas we have in the market that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and we need these people up on their feet not well you just want more people working it's like yeah because working people are psychologically more healthy than people who aren't period and if we get them a job even if it's stock on a shelf that person is going to be less likely to commit suicide. They're going to be less likely to do harm onto others. They're going, to be, they're going to be more social. They're going to be more well-adjusted. And if we can do that for a large amount of people and get them integrated, then all of a sudden we have another 100,000 people creating value in the system and are better behaved, which just sounds
0: bad, but like... And again, to point <laughs> out, it's double the benefit because not mm. only are they not costing, they're also producing. So Mm -hmm. it's not even a matter of cutting costs by getting them off of social services. It's a matter of spending on social services in order for them to eventually start paying for other people's social services. Mm -hmm. That's how the whole system works. That's how it's designed. Like That's why people retire is because the working age people can feed the retired and the children who are coming up. And then you pay for the children coming up so that they can build a better world so that when you retire, they can look after you when you're not working. Well, that's why they come out of retirement because they like, I want to keep contributing and I want to keep integrated.
1: I want to stay integrated and talk to people because the thing is is that if you're at work, generally, you're
0: probably going to be. But even as a purely economic decision, Mm. it's everybody's best interest as a pure radical capitalist to be socialist it's in everybody's best interest for it and there are science and studies to back that up like google socialist. scholars you can do a quick search and you'll find tons of maybe you yeah can do that while well, i address my next point oh i guess we're gonna wrap up anyway maybe we'll do yeah. a separate episode on that well your next point was a separate episode no that point Okay, what's your third point? The last one I'm going to make really quick is just examples. I mean, if you need examples, look into examples. like the Texas power grid and why it failed and how it wouldn't have failed in Canada or anywhere else that's got a, a national pay. regulation system. Um, you can look up the way the environmental well, protections in the light of climate change. Like this is were, why I say regulated free market. So that, yeah, you know. You, but that's you, socialism. You, that's the definition.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't feel like... I feel like socialism is a politically loaded term that makes us like, oh, see, it's socialism. That see, makes the money- news
0: made it dirty. People misusing the Socialists word Socialists make word it dirty. Different. <laughs> so the thing is, is that it's just regulating
1: a market. That's all it is. And I don't feel the need to call it socialism. It's
0: a community regulated market, though. It's regulated through democracy. Mm. That's really important to underscore. Yeah. Because so- it's not just one person, some dictator that's regulating everything. Mm. It's the electorate. The actual yeah. voting base, the citizens of the country who are deciding how the country should yeah. distribute deciding its deciding that assets. insider
1: trading is, you know, niche good. So, like, we can have we can cut that off because that'll harm our system. That'll actually do more harm. So we have these regulations, mm-hmm. and it's it's the, the 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 law system that we have is. Liquid enough that we can actually make these changes without a dictator uh, being like, well, we're going to do this and this and this. And the dictator is obviously going to make three wrong decisions for every one decision he makes right. But even
0: even <laughs> democracy will make wrong decisions. But at least oh, yeah. in a democracy, we can learn from our bad, can m- like, our mistakes, can and like we can whoops. have teachers teach them. Yeah. So like whereas- a teacher can use that as an example and say, because we have public schools, mm-hmm. the public school can then have a publicly funded teacher. Tell the students, hey, when you grow up, don't do this because this is yeah. what happened. Well, if Here's a collective, if a collective
1: regime makes a mistake, the whole point of the regime is that the the whole is the best thing in the world. And if it makes a mistake, well, then the, there's a problem with the whole. Well, then why are we in charge? No, no, it wasn't a mistake. It was actually part of our. When we're playing 40 chess. You wouldn't understand. And like yeah, that pat on the head thing. Yeah. And so don't worry about it. It's like you're suffering now, but it's for a cause or it's because someone else did it. You know, we don't, we didn't make any mistakes. It's like, if you're so smart, why haven't mm-hmm. we defeated the bad guys yet?
0: And then you but I'm just going to gonna go. rattle off a couple other examples. So yeah. yeah, like um, deforestation, mineral rights, um, aboriginal rights, and property rights, uh, the justice system. Uh, how we adjudicate through uh, um, between laws and distinguish between cases. The which, fact that everyone is required to have a lawyer, whether they can afford one or not. Yeah, like, that's what I mean. Like A, a government-funded representation, and, and yeah. you're guaranteed that, whether you're even born here or not. Everybody gets equal rights because you're a human being, and that's based mm. on a socialist objective. A capitalist one would just say, well, is this guy earning enough money to be worthwhile, or should okay. we put him in jail and make him a laborer?
1: That's not based on a socialist thing. That's based on a classical, liberal, uh, uh, philosophical basis.
0: But economic principles suggest that socialist governments would do this because Mm -hmm. it makes more sense, whereas a capitalist government would do what it's always done in history, slavery. That's always what capitalism does. When when it's unadulterated and unbridled, it constantly devolves into slavery, whether that's through apartheid, or that's through um, prison camps like Gaza, or it's through um, like North Korea or like every type of system that
1: becomes. That I'm going to disagree with you on because a lot of those came from pre-capitalist systems and uh, a whole lot of them are holdovers and uh, from, I guess, scientific racism in South Africa and, um, and uh and uh like feudal policies and uh pre-modern policies and the fact that slavery as an institution took a very long time to die and it required a lot of mental gymnastics from a lot of cunning philosophers to actually kill it but my conjecture
0: is the governments are allowing it by not regulating Because it's strictly capitalism, and you can run a business however you want in South Africa, Mm. you're allowed to deny black people if you're a white shop owner. Right. You're not allowed to do that in Canada because we're socialist. You're not allowed to do that in Sweden because they're socialist or England. So my contention is that the term socialism is
1: not as it comes with too much baggage. And it seems to be better that. We have a free system that's regulated through a social contract. Absolutely, and to to be to call it socialism brings along with all that you know Marxist baggage, which doesn't help. So that's 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 where I'm going to sit. I'm going to still continue to use socialism as a swear word, and but still think that regulation is and like whether or not you say that's still socialism. No, it's not socialism. But you're
0: just choosing to misuse the word, though.
1: I'm not misusing it because it's
0: convenient. Yeah.
1: It's convenient to not... I know where the word comes from, but I'm going to... like. I don't believe in pure capitalism. Hell no. I'm not asking
0: you to, but that's what the... But
1: everything that's not pure capitalism
0: isn't socialism. Well, it is, yeah. No. As soon as you start regulating from the interests of the community, that's socialism. That's what the social I'm wondering why you're reliant on the word. Well, that's what we were talking about. Socialism. Right.
1: But I'm saying... The bent towards the reliance on Marxism and socialism lends itself to um, away from it and towards the collective, uh, um, collective thought. Whereas the like, if we just call apples apples instead of giving it a ism, then we can actually deal with the actual thing. I think well, what you're I'm doing saying...
0: is avoiding calling an apple an apple. You're saying, "Well, everybody calls it a pear, so I'm going to call it a pear." I'm telling you to call it an apple, and you're saying no. No, I'm <laughs> because because that's re- not how people regulating me. a free market without regard and denying Marxism. That's all I'm doing. But it's a community regulation. That's the key word. Like right. well, regulate we regulate a, so- a capitalist market in favor of all the capitalists. That's what they do broadly right. speaking. But America. we're
1: living in a social contract, no matter what. Like we're always regulating each other, no matter what. We're just doing it. With regard to uh, a common law system and legal and government regulations, whether or not this w- however the social contract is constructed there's always regulations in a system so, only in Canada
0: not everywhere no no literally everywhere it's part of living Iraq Afghanistan stuff. they have social contracts like that but if you don't have money you go to jail and if you have money you don't right their social contracts suck (laughs) No, that's capitalism that's that's capital saying this dictates this dollar bill dictates my rights right and it's unbridled by the community's involvement in the decision making of how how my money should be represented or Mm -hmm. um repatriated not repay um redistributed all right so anyway i'm running out of
1: brain power and uh, we have different ideas of what capitalism is um so maybe for another I'm, episode maybe for another time uh because there's definitely such thing as predatory capitalism which i'm you mm. know i'm still against that i never lost
0: no, that. no no you i you've never given the impression that you were in favor of it don't worry so uh,
1: but i'm definitely running out of brain power like i said uh, covid vaccine still hitting me so i'm uh i don't have the cool endurance. Well, thanks for the discussion as always yeah hope we guys hope we gave you guys some uh food for thought it's a mental uh, chud to to masticate you guys definitely (laughs) got into learned a lot about me don't hold it against me um yeah and so we uh,
0: appreciate the honesty and everybody's human and being honest and open helps other people learn from your experiences without repeating them so i think it's very important and valuable i'm grateful that you were wrong and right (laughs) so um thanks for tuning in to frivolous gravitas see you guys have a good one.